Yeah, students, frankly, are the linchpin. They're the center. They are what's going to make this work or not. Listening to the Aggie Parent and Family Podcast, a podcast produced by the Student Orientation and Transition Services here at Utah State University. The Aggie Parent and Family Podcast is a podcast for students and families of USU Aggies. Here we share practical advice from leading USU experts and students to help guide your student in their journey at Utah State. I'm your host, Isaiah Jones, the Transition Parent and Family Coordinator here at Utah State University. And I'm James Morales, the Vice President for Student Affairs. Well, welcome, James. Thank you for joining us. Today, we are talking about everyone must do their part. We're finally here. It's the the end of August, and we start on Monday for the 31st, and students are getting prepared. We're getting prepared. But today, Dr. Morales, our big question, we see the students walking around now more so than in the past few weeks, and we have a lot of new precautions. There's signs around. There's the social distancing stickers and stuff on the tables and on the floors. I guess some students and their parents as well kind of want to know, why is USU taking these precautions, James? All of these precautions, all of these COVID-19 protocols and guidelines that Utah State has created are designed for one purpose specifically, and that is to keep the members of our community safe, healthy, and well. And the reason that's so important is that if we stay safe, healthy, and well as individuals, our community then is safe, healthy, and well, and we're able to have an in-person experience this fall semester. You know, over the last spring as COVID emerged and we had to go remote with our classes and our activities and events, and then over the summer, we've been hearing regularly from students and their families that they want to be on campus. They want to be here at Utah State in person. You know, that's one of the key hallmarks of this great university is that we have this fully immersive residential experience. And so students want that. The only way we're going to be able to achieve that successfully this fall semester is if everyone commits to and follows through with abiding by those protocols. So yes, all those stickers, all the requirements for face coverings, all of the the four key areas in terms of staying home if you're sick, you know, using your face covering, practicing good hygiene and sanitation, washing your hands regularly, you know, covering your cough and your elbow and so forth. And then, of course, uh, the last one, social distancing. And we'll talk more about each of those in, in detail here in just a moment. But that's the bottom line. They're designed to keep us safe and in person this semester. Yeah, that's an important point. Safe, healthy and well. And USU is a large community and a supportive community, and everything we've seen so far has been great. Uh, Members of our Aggie family kind of buying in to protect one another, but also the community around us who's here 365 while some of the other students might go home and things like that, and some of our our vulnerable, vulnerable populations here in Cache Valley. I guess the next question I have for you, James, is what role do students play in all of this and keeping everyone safe? I know you kind of touched on it earlier, but maybe you could say something about that. Students, frankly, are the linchpin. They're the center. They are what's going to make this work or not. And, you know, we hate to put so much pressure on any one segment of the community because 
obviously faculty and staff have to do their part too. And uh, the administration does as well. And then just as importantly, as you mentioned, we're not just in a vacuum, right? The USU community is not just in a vacuum. We're part of the Cache Valley community. You know, so when we talk about how we work together as partners, we talk about first, you know, that students and other members of the university community have to protect themselves, right? They have to take the right steps to stay COVID free. And if they do get sick, take the right steps then to protect others, their circle of friends, their suite mates where they're living and their classmates in their classrooms, they have to do their part then to protect others by staying home, for example, if they're sick and and doing their classes remote until they're well enough to join the community again. And then the next level is protect the community because again, we're part of that broader community. There are faculty and staff here, as you mentioned, who are in high risk categories for a variety of reasons, whether it just is purely the question of age or the fact that they themselves have an underlying health condition or they have a family member who has an underlying health condition that puts them at risk. Those are members of the broader community and they're going into their homes, into their families. And if they're being exposed on campus by students and other members of the USU community that are not committed to practicing those COVID-19 guidelines, then we put those members of the broader community at risk. And then think about where the students are going to recreate. You know, they're going out to eat at restaurants in the community. They're going out to the various entertainment venues in the community. They're going out and buying their groceries letting our guard down as members of the USU community as we go out into those Cache Valley community environments, that, that's not acceptable because, again, we're part of them. And if we get them sick, then influence whether the university itself can continue to stay in person fall semester. Yeah, no, that's very helpful. And I wonder if you could say something about these past couple of days with connections. Uh, we see a lot of students around campus. And I know that at times, even for me, there's can sometimes be gray area, you know, the way that the CDC had proposed it, but also our local health officials is that you wear the face covering when it's almost impossible to socially distance. What would you say to the students who are a bit confused? Maybe they're on campus and they're out on the quad and they're having a gathering of, let's just say, six of their peers. Is it that they should be wearing it all across campus or is it just in their classrooms and inside buildings? So Isaiah, the guidelines state that we should wear whenever it's difficult to maintain the six foot social distance. That governs everywhere you go. If you're inside a building, you must have face covering because that's the the state requirement issued by the government, by the governor. And the Utah State has set up its own face covering policy that mirrors that. So if you're inside any of our facilities, with very few exceptions, you must have a face covering on that fits properly and of the right type. It cannot be a face shield. Uh, the, the gators that some people are using, those have not been found to be effective in, in stopping the transmission of droplets. So it has to be a face covering made of cloth, at least two layers, uh, and you need to wash that regularly. So if you're in any one of the buildings at Utah State University, any one of our campuses or centers, you must have a face covering uh, appropriately on. Now, there are exceptions to how you must wear that. If you're eating something in in an appropriate place, then you can take that face covering down while you're eating and put it back up when you're done. 
If you are exercising in the Aggie Recreation Center, for example, and you're on a machine, you can take your face covering off while you're on that machine exercising. When you're done, you're supposed to put it back on as you make your way to another uh, part of the facility. When you exit the buildings, again, here's where it gets a little gray, right? I mean, we if you're by yourself and you're six feet away from everybody else as you're crossing campus, that's where there's a little flexibility in terms of not having to have that face covering all the time. But what happens if you approach somebody and you're six feet within that six feet foot parameter, then it's best to put it back on. You need to put it back on. And I think the better practice is just to make a uh, make it a habit of wearing it all the time, you know, and, and it, it's a little uncomfortable at times at first, especially when it's hot, but the weather's going to start cooling down in the semester. And I think that will be alleviated somewhat. Yeah, thank you for sharing that and, and touching on the gray area. And I and I think, like you said, I think eventually we all are getting used to it. And I've noticed that students have been giving a real effort to definitely, certainly in the buildings, like you said, that's mandatory. But some of those other areas where we're all just kind of learning together and encouraging each other, I'm sure it'll continue to, to get better throughout the course of the semester. This kind of transitions to one of my last questions is that a lot of students, they're watching the news or listening to things that they'll say, well, I'm not really worried about COVID because I'm really healthy or I don't have any underlying conditions and that kind of thing. And we touched on it earlier about being an Aggie family, Dr. Morales, but what would you say to someone who just says, I'm not worried about COVID? Well, what message should we share with them? Isaiah, you're right. We hear that on occasion. Uh, fortunately, we're not. We're hearing it less and less because students are, and other members of the Utah State community, are beginning to understand this concept of that ripple effect, right? That it's not just about yourself. And we have been, the Utah State instituted a program years ago called Aggies Think Care Act. And that program focuses on each individual thinking about situations around them and that they have an impact on thinking about that and carefully considering what their actions might do to have a positive or negative effect on others or the community. So first, that that's the first step, to think about it. And we encourage students to spend some time learning about the, the true impact of their behaviors with respect to COVID and COVID-19 guidelines. You know, Utah State and the, the, the state of Utah didn't just draw these guidelines, sort of pull them out of a hat or out of thin air. I mean, these are medically based. These are evidence and science-based. Based. And while they have changed over time as new information is collected, they're based on the most sound science and, and uh, information that we have. So as students learn more and take the time to think and understand the rationale behind those, that will help them have a better understanding for why these matter so much. And then once they understand that and the impact that their behavior, positive or negative, can have on others, then they can, you know, leads them to a feeling of, of caring for others, a, a sense of compassion that, you know what, I may be healthy, but not everybody is. And I'm interacting with others. And, you know, I may not be too concerned about getting sick, but man, you know, somebody else might be more vulnerable than me in other ways. And while I'm taking, you know, I'm okay with going to remote classes, others might not, you know, so that's the caring part thinking about the situation and then caring. And then the final step is doing something, committing, acting, making sure then that the steps that you take, whether they're for yourself or whether they're for others, it doesn't matter. In the end, acting in a way that promotes a safe environment and increases our chances, enhances and optimizes our chances that we can do an in-person semester all the way to the Thanksgiving break. That's our collective community goal. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think, you know, when we put it in those terms, and especially as we think of one another as part of the Aggie family, and really, you know, the Valley and their support of, of the family or even included in that family. And you're right, we don't know who always has these 
underlying conditions and things like that or vulnerable populations. Sometimes it's more obvious than others, but being able to take care of the family essentially is, is such a priority and it falls within USU's mission. James, is there anything that, that I left out that you'd want to add or our last bit of encouragement to students and parents who, who start coming uh, this Monday? Isaiah, there's just two more things I want to share. And one's a, a very positive kind of idea and, and sort of commending students for doing their part. And the other is a little bit of a, you need to be careful for these reasons that might that we've not yet touched on. The first one has to do with, you know, you're right. We're seeing more students wear their face coverings. We're su- seeing students, you know, work hard at social distancing. We're seeing students washing their hands more frequently and using hand sanitizer. And, and we're also hearing of students staying home when they're sick all the right things. And we're excited about that, pleased and very happy and want to commend them for taking that action. We want students to share their commitment with others, encourage others to do that in a non-confrontational way, you know, telling them why it matters to them and, and not getting into political or other kinds of, you know, debates or discussions about this, because that, that won't get us to a positive place. But simply saying, let's care about each other, regardless of how we view these these ideas and, and, and these guidelines. Now, if we do get into situations where there are flagrant uh, violations of the university uh, COVID-19 guidelines, there we have modified the language in our student code and created a temporary student health and safety violations uh, policy. So if students are flagrantly violating those required guidelines, they could be subject to the student conduct process. Now, initially, we're going to be, you know, first-time violations, let's say, would be acted upon in a more education approach, education-centered approach, helping them understand why it's important to follow the guidelines. Uh, Second violations, again, that are not egregious, would be moved to a more restorative justice kind of thing where they would need to take some action, you know, write a paper, do some service hours that help them understand why they should be following the COVID-19 guidelines. If there's a really egregious uh, violation, a truly flagrant one, let's say somebody who is sick and knows that they have COVID is intentionally coughing on someone to get sick. First of all, there could be criminal action taken on the part of, of someone by the, the state, you know, in the county and the city. But in terms of the student code process, that kind of violation could lead to some kind of probation, suspension, or expulsion. So this is very serious. By modifying our student code language and process with this temporary policy, we want to show people and students in particular that this really, really matters and it is serious. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing both halves. And and yeah, you know, we see around the country, you know, different schools starting and stopping and those kind of things really does come back to everyone must do their part. And if we can continue to work through this together, you know, I think sky's the limit for us this fall, but really in the, in the coming years to really set, set an example of kind of set the tone on, on how we approach these sorts of situations as, a, as an Aggie family and as a community. That concludes today's episode. If you like what you've heard here, make sure you check out both our Aggie Parent and Family podcast and our Aggie New Student podcast. And as always, go Aggies.